country is ablaze. If only our ancestors could see the chaos of modern America. Cities are overrun with foreign nationals and the casualties of corporate dictatorship. While our greedy politicians do nothing, the feckless fiddle while America burns. Time's up, patriots. The great American experiment has failed. This is Zombies Ate My Podcast. <laughs> We are broadcasting to you alive from the Zamp Command Center here in the rainy, rainy, weird summer Vermont. It's been a while, but I am back. My name is Bob Fournier, and joining me as always, my fellow survivors who held down this this shindig as I've been gone and away. Um, they kicked me off the show, but brought me back. I pleaded and begged. We have the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. Some preppers are crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. I didn't know what clip you were going to play, but when you were playing that, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what that guy's video convincing people to join his prepping group. Yeah. Okay. What's it called? The the end. It was the end of the world as we know it, or Tequo. Tequa? Uh, yeah. Tequa? Yeah. The end of Tiawaka. Speaking of Tijuana, we have Canada's own Ryan Murphy. Man, preppers be straight tripping. <laughs> yeah, you know that was a pretty funny commercial. Yeah, uh, it was it totally it, it totally cemented the fact that when they started this, all when all when all preppers start when they like get their first little bug out bag together and they think, man, I could do this for a living now. They're all a little crazy, and I think that commercial really just showcases how crazy uh auto is um and then when it actually happens the apocalypse he's not so crazy uh well okay uh, <laughs> sure yeah we'll get into that <laughs> um yeah i preppers be crazy preppers be that's, tripping they tripping go with straight you know, up it, bug it's out bags it, it's been a while we're all back we're having fun mm. uh we we we've been watching a little show called fear of the walking dead and I, I got to get something off my chest because I was talking to a, a buddy of mine about it, and uh, we—I know you guys had talked about it, and you know we had predicted, you know, Travis making a departure from the show after being in, signed for a hundred Avatar movies, um, and we had talked about, you know, what's going to happen to him, right? Um, which, and you guys are gonna have to remind me. What did you What did you think of his death scene? Uh, I thought it was totally a checkout moment, but yeah. Yeah, it was literally like, it was literally like, yep, uh, he just found out he's going someplace else. We need to kill him off. What are we going to do? Let's get him shot in the beginning of the second episode and make him jump off the helicopter. And (laughs) And then we never have to see him again. Exactly. And it's, it's the total poochie moment. I must return to my home planet. And he disappears. (laughs) So I was thinking about this, and uh, we, we've talked before on the show, and all three of us have decided that not everyone deserves a heroic death, right? Sure, uh, I guess. And it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're Travis or Rick Grimes or Madison or Strand or Maggie. 
Um, you, you can't just always have some sort of heroic death scene. Like, sometimes shit happens, right? And it's a zombie apocalypse. Someone's going to die at some point. It's just not going to be a... It's, it's going to be an awkward, embarrassing moment. And I, I was talking to a buddy of mine, and I said, you know what? Despite the fact that it was totally just a, hey, i got to go do Avatar. Okay, we're going to shoot you in a helicopter. Um, at the same sense, it's kind of neat to have him not have this big heroic, like, I'm going to save you and sacrifice my life because of it. You know what I mean? It was just mm-hmm. a freak, freak gunshot that hit him, uh, like, through the stomach and out the neck. <laughs> and it was... I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I don't like it or not, but it, uh, it was it was at least interesting that we didn't have to deal with a, a heroic death scene. The more, I, and I mean, if they wanted to go have him go out heroically, it was probably during the the whole raid in the first episode. And the fact that it happened randomly, I think, is is just a really heavy handed way of saying, "See, guys, it's not always when shit's going down. Sometimes it's just by happenstance. He's in the wrong place at the wrong time." in the wrong helicopter and i get that it's fine and they just they haven't done that a lot on fear the walking dead so they were due up Mm -hmm. to do it like do like a a whole dale moment um so i i get it i get it and it's just it the shitty part is i think that we knew he had this movie deal and you just felt like there was maybe a couple more episodes of story to tell there um but i mean we'll get to it eventually but i i think having watched yeah. further into the season the death is capitalized on in some ways very well i think yeah i think i think it was done when you watch further i know we will talk about it but i just think it's funny to have him basically just i, I honestly don't understand the falling out of the helicopter thing other than he was worried he was gonna turn before they yeah. got back so he jumped out the helicopter no i get that i just pictured him like falling down going I'm trying to find someone up yeah. <laughs> Do we know if he's going to play a blue dude or if he's just going to be a, a normal dude in this show? They, they, I, they haven't said. Oh. He's totally blue. So let's take he's bets blue. now. Since we, we called his death, let's call, let's call his, uh, his allegiance in, oh, in no. Avatar. He's going he's gonna to be human and he's going to be one of those jerk people that want to kill the blue people. Is nah, that a- he's going to be a zombie. <laughs> hey, that's a that's an interesting question. Is he a zombie right now, or was he smushed? I mean, I think he's smushed. He fell out a helicopter. He's he's probably sure he's fine. Yeah, you're right. Um, I don't. Know, I he's gonna be blue. I'm just gonna go with blue. How's that? Yeah, go for it. I could see him being. Oh, but there's also the in between possibility, right? He could be the Sam Worthington character that goes into the no. blue animus. No, I, it's already he, he's already not lead. For that movie he's a secondary character so you're thinking he's just he's just a guy he's gonna be the next guy in a big suit that wants to kill the blue people i think avatar is gonna take place in the future in that realm and he is someone who lives among the avatar people i think he's gonna reprise his role from this show Uh, uh, and they're gonna rename it travatar uh, 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 my, my thing is, is I don't like Avatar, so I really don't care what he does. Well, oh wait, you're not joining our spinoff, um, <laughs> no, Avatar's podcast, Avatar's uh, uh, Protect My Podcast. I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to remember uh, the plot of the first one. There was Max, an angry guy. The plot of the first one is is uh, Pocahontas kids cartoon. Unobtainium. Uh, yeah, cool. That's all. To Fern Gully. That's Fern, what, as I say. It's Fern Gully with Max. I thought it was Pocahontas. No, it's Fern Gully with Max. Wait, is Fern Gully actually Pocahontas then? Is that how that works? 
What? I thought it was the Pocahontas story. Like no, people come in and they're it's, it's like the Fern Gully. Sure. Keep saying Fern Gully. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fern Gully. Uh, what? <laughs> okay. We got we got some news to break down and we have a lot of Fern Gully. No, stories. I need to know nom, what Fern nom, Gully nom. is. Oh no, now I'm a zombie. Just kidding. We have zero Fern Gully stories. Oh, okay. Uh, what we do have is a humble Capcom Rising bundle. Um <laughs> I don't I'm, know what to say about We it. talked about this I'm, pretty pretty heavily in the pre-show, but Lou, go go ahead. It sounds like you got something to say. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend twelve dollars only because I want Dead Rising two and three. Okay. Uh, but it pretty much I own only two games on this list, but we've got Umbrella Corpse, which you might hear us talk about now if we all buy it. Yeah, uh, in spite of all the reviews that say it's crap. Uh, I'll play it at least once. Um, so the, I'll probably play through Dead Rising 3, which I don't think any of us have ever talked about. No, I played a little bit of it. It's It was kind of rough. It was kind of like a launch title for the Xbox One. Um, but So here's the thing. They recently re-released a lot of the Dead Rising franchise, um, Dead Rising 1 and 2 specifically. And we might notice here that Dead Rising 1 is not included here. Um, Which is kind of a bummer. It's, it's weird it's if you wanted to complete the set, right? Yeah. Yeah. Strange. So, are these the remade versions? Did they get upgrades on PC, or are these just the uh, PC, PC versions? PC was already in the upgrade. Ver- uh, upgrade. Uh, 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 it was already u- upgraded, as far as I know. So why is? I'm having a. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, why is Dead Rising Two off the record in a cheaper version than Dead Rising Two proper? Because it's a shorter game. Oh, is it? It's it's not just. Oh, I thought. Okay, I didn't realize it was different. It's different. Um, you play as Frank in mm-hmm. the same uh, world of Dead Rising Two, and it's a bunch of short missions with him. You know, I wouldn't be opposed to Dead Rising. I kind of like that franchise, and it's I feel like game. Dead Rising Four kind of got a bad rap. You could probably pick it up for next to nothing. Well, when it was in the Steam sale, but this is the thing. This this bundle comes with a lot of a lot like a good collection of Capcom stuff. And it's a majority of it is zombies. I'd say probably a good 75 to 80% of this is zombie yeah. content. Uh, uh, I'd say 90. Yeah, I didn't do the math. Lou's right. It's definitely like closer to 90%. But um, included are a bunch of good coupons for some games that uh, that you may also want to pick up, some of which are like brand new this year. Resident Evil 7, 40% off. Dead Rising Dead 4, Rising 50% 4. off. Um, and you just have to beat the average. So if you don't want 2 or 3 Dead Rising, you can just get those coupons as well um but yeah 50 percent off dead rising 4 that's kind of tempting and the coupon lasts until the end of august so that's that's not so bad that's some time i'm getting flashbacks to uh an earlier episode i was looking at the dead dead rising uh three cover art mm-hmm. noticing that the characters wielding the the weapon that we got from our loot boxes and lou told us it was a pen yeah and, uh, and then we all freaked out you and i we had no idea it was a pen. We just were like, oh, cool, look at this cool toy. And we was like, yeah, it's a pen. We both opened it up. We're like, what? <laughs> it's kind of weird. You you really don't, like, you look at the fact that we've done 174 episodes, and then you don't really do the math every time you see that large number, and then you do see something like this, and I'm like, oh, my God, I remember talking about Dead well, Rising yeah. 3 as if it was it was still coming, like, it was coming out. We saw the E3 trailer, and it's like, yeah, holy right. crap. Um by the way, it was at, we're at 274 episodes. I don't know if you heard me at the top of the show. 
I thought we were it's at 174. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, with you, Ryan. <laughs> I know. So, so if you uh, want to play, if yeah. you want to play Umbrella uh, Chronicles here, or Umbrella Corpse, Umbrella Chronicles, Umbrella it's Corpse. Another whole. Tra- I yeah. Umbrella Chronicles is another whole train wreck. <laughs> right. It's not included, uh, it's so only, don't get your hopes up. Yeah, don't stop it. It's Umbrella Corpse. It's the much better game. It's only a dollar. Uh, we're gonna try it, right? Is that what we decided? We're all yeah. gonna at least get this one. A dollar, and, uh, right? Yeah, we we can almost afford that. So I might um, go. I might go the full twelve. I, I I've 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 kind of been convinced. I don't know. I kind of like the idea of checking out, or maybe I'll go the average and pick up Dead Rising Four. I missed it on the Steam sale. It seems like something that might be worth trying. I don't know. I figure if nothing else, Umbrella Corps might inspire us to play that other new zombie game we talked about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, which one was that? Hold on. I'm <laughs> looking it up. Was it Fortnite? <laughs> oh, I thought no. you were doing an elaborate setup for the uh, next Dead, story. Dead Alliance. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I heard, uh, I heard, yeah, we did talk about that. I was like, where did I hear about that? Oh, right. When Lou put it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> Dead Alliance, which looks like a good version of Umbrella Corps. And when is that out? End of <laughs> August, right? Uh, that is out. Hold on, August 29th. Okay, well, now there, there you go. Man, end of August is just ripe of of games. Um, you've got XCOM. There's a new chapter which is going to have zombies in it. Zombie, yep. zombie yep. aliens, but it still counts, right? Yep. Okay. And, I think uh, XCOM yeah. in general counts. Yeah, there. Are, yeah, you're right because there are a lot of like uh, reanimated corpses in that game. So yeah, take that. Yeah, speaking of reanimated corpses, this Fortnite game that we talked about, um, that that's coming out pretty soon, huh? Yeah, early access uh, like, beta, paid beta starts next week, the twenty fifth. Yep, and it comes out on the twenty fifth. Yeah. So I'm, I, I know, for me, I, so basically this is inspired by, since when are launch, tra- launch trailers, when did they stop being launch trailers? Because the game's not out yet. Why is this a launch trailer? It's a pre-launch launch trailer. Well, okay, fine. But anyways, this pre-launch trailer, it, it, you know, it has the whole animated bit, it's very, very well put together. It's kind of like uh, the Team Fortress 2 type stuff where they had the characters, you know interacting in a story to kind of hype the game and and they do all the things you know like oh my god she's mining look at that they're barricading um so i don't know it looks it looks like a lot of fun i really want to play this for some reason i i i really want to play it too my only fear with it is the the, it looks like it does something that i'm not crazy about in games Mm -hmm. and it looks like they're trying to do the like buy packs of heroes kind of thing oh yeah they're definitely doing the free-to-play that they have to have so every one of these games whether they're successful or not has these free-to-play mechanics and i think that's what kills it or makes it you can have a great free-to-play game that has those tropes but as long as they don't like get in the way of the gameplay and i think the biggest thing for me is if you look at say heroes of the storm where Mm -hmm. The characters are accessible. You have to buy them or earn them or however you want to want to get them, but they're still accessible. But if in 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 Fortnite, if I see a character that I really want to play, you know, a specific look of a specific class, and I gotta grind for that and like pay for a bunch of random loot boxes, no, thank you. Um, well, you know, it's it's funny though because I think it was you, me, and uh, Mike Gallant from. Um the uh, College Gamers podcast, mm-hmm. when we were all like, this game looks really good, and then all of a sudden we started watching it and looking at it a little bit more, and we're all like, 
do you have to pay? <laughs> you know, um, it, it is nerve wracking. And I got to say, as much as I want to play it, I, I am just as nervous as Lou. Uh, on this one well you know here's my thing is I'm, I'm excited for the idea of what this game is and it definitely looks like it has potential but the yeah. fact that right in the trailer it's literally literally like hey here's how you can spend more money to do better in the game and i'm like oh you don't want to that's not a selling point for me hmm. that's too bad I, I think it'll be something to check out and a lot of these free-to-play games when they launch have a rough go just because they're trying to figure out that good balance um you know with with fire emblem heroes a free-to-play game i'm playing a lot of these days the the game now is very different from the game that launched not in the terms of gameplay but in terms of the free-to-play implementation and i think they've hit a good balance there and that's why this is early access like the game may be complete it looks to be complete like feature and gameplay wise but they're going to be tweaking the way that they reward players the way that they ask players to to put money into the system so i mean i will have i I will reserve uh opinions until the game comes out because i just really haven't deep dived on it i'm sure if you went out there you could probably learn everything you needed to know about the game to make an educated uh decision on a purchase but like i think for me and i think for most folks on on the show we're probably gonna play a wait and see approach but I think you're right, Lou. It does kind of look like there's going to be some some sticky business in there that's not fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, this is the generation that we I, live I, in now. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that they prove me wrong. So. Prove Lou wrong. Did you hear that, Fortnite? Um, this, this is the generation we live in now, though. These are the types of games that are going to take over. And uh, we're just going to have to get used to it and suck it up and deal with it. No, you're right, and I mean it's not it's not that every game that comes out is going to be like this, but there there are going to be a lot more of these experiences where they show you a pretty trailer and they show you the gameplay and you're excited, but then you realize that a majority of these games that look like this aren't just multiplayer games; they are a living, breathing service, and uh, I think that's the way that's the only way you're going to get these type of like tower defense slash crafting slash. Um, know uh, horde mode type games and it, it it could be good honestly it could be it could be really well done it's by epic epic is a, is a really good company um they made the gears of war series a bunch of other great stuff and this is kind of their foray although i will say paragon not a huge fan hmm. yeah well we'll keep our eyes on it so this is what did we say august what uh no july 25th july july 20, yeah 25th 25th it's coming ryan get me that game uh, i'll do my darndest <laughs> um so we also have some sad news to talk about uh yeah. talking about the walking dead um one of the stuntmen was actually injured on set john uh Berniker. he's um he i guess he fell about 20 feet and hit a concrete floor we don't know his it's status supposed- yeah. We don't know his status, but it's supposedly they say he hit his head. Yeah, it's a head it, injury. It's not great for him. No, uh, so, go ahead. I was going to say, and that happened on the 13th, and they still have not given us an update as to what's going on with him. Yeah, so thoughts and prayers are out to him and his family. Uh, and, you know, the Walking Dead cast is... Uh, they, they've shut down production for right yep, now. Yep, yep. So, 
hopefully everything works all right for him and uh and hopefully we hear some good news on on that situation pretty soon so Mm -hmm. uh that is that is pretty sad um so let's transition into what we really came here to talk about and that is we kick shit and eat snakes uh wait that might not be right um (laughs) We're going to talk about the first, or the, not the first, but three episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. Um, episodes three through six, right? Is that what we're doing tonight? Or three? Yep. Is it three, three through, through six? six? Okay. Yep. All right. So, three episodes. Four. And a lot has happened. Three, four, five, six. Yes, you're right. Four <laughs> episodes. And even more has happened. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I got to say, uh, there, there's new writers this year, right? Uh, I think there's a new showrunner. Uh, doing a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah. I um, thought so. I, I mean, every episode I watched got... I liked this season so far, and every episode I watched seemed to get a little bit better and better. Oh, no. This is the current showrunner, but this is his last season as showrunner. Well, that's not good. I, I think they just they got to a point where they have their characters... They've figured out what they, the story they want to tell, and they've came up with a bad guy, because yeah. the bad guys in season one was just the army, which is boring, and then the bad yep. guys in season two were a drug cartel, which is also boring. I mean, if you if you're gonna take on the the drug cartel and make them a bad guy, you have to do better than some of the best television that's ever been aired which is breaking bad and uh better call saul like in terms of in my opinion of drugs like i know there are a lot of other shows out there that handle that sort of thing and they're probably doing it better i know i think what the shield is another one i've never seen it but what i'm saying is basically like if you're not going to do better than those shows even on your own network for for you know for sake but like yeah you can't do that and then with this uh episode with which with three which is the Teotihuacan or whatever um yeah it, it kind of introduces the it, i didn't think this one was very this the this episode wasn't that great because it was it was kind of like a really like a lull um it was a lull but it was really it was it set you up with what was actually going to happen for everybody yeah. that the people that attacked them and took them hostage aren't really taking them hostage anymore they've kind of now joined that group and this is their iteration into what you realize is kind of like a weird prepper cult. Yeah, the, you, you, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, they show that off really well with like the VHS tapes, and yeah, you, you the, get the, a. My favorite is the, like the prayer circles <laughs> and yeah. and and other things. And you're like, oh, okay, these people are just kind of wacky. Okay. Well, no, the, the, I thought that was the case, and then Bible study turns out to be let's get high, get a bunch of, get our booze on, and look at this dismembered head. <laughs> yeah, um, it, <laughs> this uh, I I get what you're saying about having this episode be kind of a lull, but at the same time, it lose right. It does set up a lot of like what you're learning about some of these characters, you know? Yeah, these um, these, they, these guys go from being villains. To literally being cast members in this episode. Exactly. It's a big twist. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I was uh, I was pretty... <laughs> plus, Tiawaki or whatever it is is pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's f- interesting to see the, the Doomsday, 
you know, preppers come to fruition. And uh, it's interesting because it, it's so close to the beginning of this disaster mm. that um, it's nice to see what would happen if preppers actually were right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, which is kind of funny. And, uh, and they learning... even have that kind of conversation. Yeah, they do. And uh, I... three episode three... No, okay, we'll get we'll get into that in a second. But I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I watched all these episodes a little while ago. I'm trying to remember. Um, I think we should talk about episode four. Yeah, episode, episode three, three. I think yeah, we covered. Episode three is really just a setup. Yeah. For no, getting let's, them. Let's skip four and go to five. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I I think lose right, and then with episode three, it's really just another setup episode of really focusing on um on these preppers and their cult and their group but there is one key moment at the very end where we get a return character which i was so pumped for uh if it hadn't been spoiled for me i feel like it would have been a great surprise and in, in which we you know strand has returned and he goes to his uh to um his supposed friend or a past colleague um uh who runs a, a dam of some kind and uses water as currency and he gets thrown in jail saying like you know i don't trust you you're you're obviously a snake so you're going to jail and then salamander shows up salazar 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 daniel yes. salazar <coughs> he didn't yep. die in the fire no which was which, uh, i, I, which I was think weird because didn't wasn't he bit i thought he was bit and that was why he ran off no, no he just I went crazy this. No, I remember this because I said I remember saying when he was surrounded by flames, I said he's he's coming back, and you guys were both like, "No, Bob, he's gone. Well, he's gone." Him, and then I forgot about him, and when I saw him, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> him coming back, I think you know doesn't forgive the the stupidity that happened in that episode, where just everybody who died in that episode when when uh, Salazar went down just went crazy out of nowhere. Suddenly in that episode, they were crazy. You know, you had Ophelia run off. You had Salazar go nuts and burn himself alive. And it was just, it was insane. It didn't make any sense. And then he comes back and he basically explains like, yeah, I had a lapse in judgment and I lost myself. It's like, sure, but I'm glad you're back. But like, man, you really did lose yourself. And luckily in the episodes that have happened since his return, he doesn't appear to have had that that crazy click on at all he's he's his normal self which is nice and i really hope that they learned from what i think was a mistake in just having him like they could have easily had him quote unquote die in the fire without him having to have gone crazy out of nowhere right and the interesting aspect is is as soon as he finds uh victor his first thing is is where's ophelia where's ophelia where's ophelia yeah. yeah, and and Victor's like, uh, yeah, I can take you to her. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and you, as if you were like, oh, tell him the truth. Tell no him way. The truth. Don't don't tell him the truth. You're 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 strand. You don't do that. You do whatever's good for you. But I don't get it. If if he did tell Salazar the truth, which is she ran away and abandoned us, it would have been like, but I can show you where the hotel is to at least give you a start. Yet he doesn't yeah. do that. He just, he tries to get his way, which is, I don't know, like, why would you lie to him? Like, he's clearly capable of some really gnarly stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think if you're Strand, you're just like, whatever. Yeah, I know. You Strand doesn't, 
care and and this is the thing this this episode was really nice because it really focused on uh salazar and strand and kind of gave us it was one of those episodes where when a character disappears the next the episode after they they return is basically half their journey from when they disappeared to when they come back and then half the continuation of their journey from when we when we had them come back and and this episode was really good in that we we got that journey which saw him you know very badly burned and hobbling along a, a road uh-huh. meeting new people yeah. and then getting to this dam in a in a interesting and hilarious way um yeah where he basically tries to kill him oh i actually that's right he did have a crazy lapse of judgment again where he basically knelt in front of a giant zombie and prayed and then lightning struck the zombie yeah he yeah that much. was weird right <clears throat> that was that was bit. that was beyond odd uh, i'm that that to me was a little too much i think i mean like lightning strikes the tallest thing available right so i mean if he did get down on his knees and lightning was to strike at that moment it would hit the tall zombie listen i get it I, I i get what they're doing and why they're doing it i will tell you that the part that i really enjoyed was the fact that he looks at strand when he's in the cell and he's like oh yeah she's waiting for you at the hotel take me with you and he's basically like yeah she wouldn't be waiting for me if she thought i was dead see you later yeah <laughs> like i'm like oh man this guy's heartless, you know. Yeah. Um, what did he say? I'm your angel of death, or something, or something like that. Yeah. It was it was fun to watch because I was like, as a huge Victor Strand fan, I was I was like, no, don't leave him. But at the same time, I was like, dude, you badass, you know. So Strand gets some pretty um pretty bad. He puts himself in those situations. Though. He does, but this season has has not been kind to him, and I think this is the first season that's actually started to treat him like yeah, an apocalypse right. truly would like you you don't get your way just by being cunning and talkative exactly. uh you know and, and it truly proves that i'm surprised strand's still with us like but i think they're having fun with that character by constantly dragging him through the dirt and kind of showing that character that talking ain't gonna fix it um, right at least his type of talking but you no know, this this episode with with salazar kind of ends in a very satisfying way as as well where you know daniel's like okay i'm gonna I'm going to get you out of your cell and, and, or no, he doesn't get him out of his cell. Basically Dante, the guy who runs the dam is going to execute, um, strand. And then a bunch of other people that were, uh, from Salazar's past and that worked for the dam execute them for basically they found who was stealing their water, which was yeah. this weird fountain that only turned on at five o'clock. It was, uh, yeah, I think it, a religious a thing. Weird, weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, he he knew it would be her Lola or whatever her name is, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it was kind of a weird episode because a lot of weird stuff happened in it. But at the same time, I, I like the idea of how these characters run across each other again. Yeah, it, it does seem a, a little bit. It's a little far fetched. I get that. But at the same time, it does seem kind of neat that that this is how they run into each other in, in more well, dire situations. Well. Here's what I'd like to see, or at least my idea of what I think would be the ideal scenario now, is the whole rest of the season, Victor and uh, Salazar have their own adventures together. I know that he leaves Salazar behind at the end of the episode, but you know that Salazar is going to go back to that wall. He has to. He has no place else to go. So he's going to end up running into Daniel again. 
And it would be awesome to see them buddy up and try and run the wall with the water and take over. And then the rest of the season be our other heroes. And then at the end of the season, they end up all back together again and being like, oh, well, that's weird. That would be like, really far fetched. Well, no, th- it's going to happen, right? I mean, you guys. Yeah, they have still... to. If Ophelia's still alive, then Daniel, not... Daniel's going to find it. Well, we, yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, well, like, we, we know that Ophelia is, is still alive, but um, obviously, you know, Daniel and Strand don't know that, but. Um, although I guess that's a spoiler, so sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> we, we said we weren't going to talk about those episodes, but, I mean, come on. Like, they didn't show her death on screen. Like, you never assume someone's dead unless they pull out Salazar and, you know, show him burning alive right up to the moment where he could possibly escape. You know, like, the dumpster theory. This is the dumpster moment of Fear the Walking Dead, I think, Salazar coming back. But, um, although they, they held out a little longer. So at the end of this, you know, Dante's got them all on, on the dam and saying, all right, you guys are going to be executed and, uh, yep. for your crimes. And Salazar pulls a, pulls a fast one, takes all, takes them all out. And it was epic. It was kind of like, all right. It, it, epic isn't even the word for it. It was like an action movie sequence where the hero kind of like takes out all the bad guys and rescues the hostages. It was, was really like, well oh. done. Yeah, I thought it, I, it was a fun scene to watch. Yeah, it, you you know that he's a badass, and you've seen him be kind of a badass, but to see him actually do that and take out all the guys, and then the guy at the end is kind of like, "Oh, don't don't shoot me," and it's like, "No, you're dead." Bang. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, no qualms about it. He just took him out, yeah. and um, it's a redeeming moment as well for Salazar as Lola kind of, you know, offers a hand to him, and you know, he didn't, he didn't. Uh, he still did some shitty things, but I think he he kind of he kind of solved the the problem in a way that had everybody good living and everybody bad dead, which is kind of like a weirdly perfect resolution for this show. You don't get that yeah. very often. Um, but, and then you know they're they're still split up a little bit. You now Strand is uh, it, you know this episode ends with uh, basically Daniel making some friends, right? So overall, really, really good episode. But then we go back into the the corral there, the ranch, and probably one of the weirdest scenes I've seen in in Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead history is the dude dancing with his zombie wife. Yeah, this um, was yeah. Uh, this was one well, of those things where well I was done. Yeah, it was again something you wouldn't think you wouldn't think of in a, in a zombie movie, and I think that's why this show this series works so well as a TV show because you can introduce these little things that wouldn't really fit in a movie. They would feel out of place in a movie because it, it takes so much setup. And and the fact that it showcases to an elderly couple um, that have designed their, their lifestyle in a way that, uh, and it just worked out so perfectly that he wakes up next to his turned and sees his turned wife and then decides to dance with her and then, and then blow both their brains out. Yep. Um, yeah. It was kind of one of those weirdly artistic things in this show. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it was artistic, but it was also it was interesting. It was well, I, it, it started to happen, and I'm like, oh, they she took her teeth out. Okay, I I see what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, it, oh, he just wants one left. Oh my god, what's he doing? <laughs> like as he like blows I, his brains I, out. I, the thing I find it found most interesting was the aftermath where their house catches fire 
and uh, everybody's gathering to put the fire out, mm-hmm. and Otto basically tells them, "Don't bother. They're yeah. dead. They're gone. So let it burn out, and 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 we'll sort it out afterwards." You uh, you making popcorn or? <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's got a space blanket. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it it was interesting though because um, it, it, you see a little more of the Nick in the. Yeah, what's her name? Luciana? Is that what it was? Luciana? Uh, Why? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so Lu- you, you, see a little, you see a little more of that. And then uh, I like um, seeing the Daniel Strand show. Um, I, I love that so much. It's just the two most opposite characters from each other. And uh, just their dialogue between them is just great. I, I, I think it's probably one of the best parts of these episodes is when the two of them are on screen together. Yeah. And, and uh, it's a short-lived partnership, as as you kind of see the two of them. Yeah. You know, Daniel just sees through Strand's lies, and they they, the they play chicken. Where he left him? Um, yeah. I think so. He leaves yeah, him this, because he's... He leaves him in the hotel, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. It's, I, I love it's, it. It's an interesting... And, you know, we don't see the downfall of the hotel, although we kind of saw it coming when Strand left that or was kicked out he kind of set that place down a down a path right. that was um you couldn't come it, back it, from it, it's not that he set it down a path it was that they were holding everybody out and right. he was like you can't be able to do this forever eventually more people are going to show up than the gate can hold it's better to let them in now and start establishing rules but as soon as he let them in they literally were like oh these people and it was like no you you need people. It's about how you use the people. You got to set up groups to go out and scavenge. And it was like, no, no, no. You're just going to let people in, and not really set up any kind of rules. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um, it, it it. Watching this episode, what do you guys think of Madison's character right now? Um, is it? She's Rick. To, she's absolutely Rick. Um. Yeah. But is it too much? Is she a little too much right now for just losing Travis? Um, I don't really know. She she she's trying to play the motherly role a bit too much, and she, I don't think she really needed to choose Troy or Jake. And right. um, it's kind of perfect, a little too perfect the way they've set it up, where the same family is choosing sides within another family like madison is choosing troy alicia has chosen jake and uh you know nick has chosen otto it's just they've all paired up almost evenly to a point where exactly you've got this perfect triangle of struggle i i have a question something i don't think i i I may have missed it but i don't think we brought it up Mm -hmm. we haven't discussed that uh nick's girlfriend left Oh, Luciana, she, yeah. So she yeah, did leave she in this episode. But she left, and it literally, like, Nick is, like, over it in, like, two seconds. I, yeah, no, I he think... he talks about it for a little while, right? He does. He talks to Otto about it, and they have a conversation, right. and... They have a conversation, and then it's, like, the next day, he's, like, fixing the house, and, and, and Otto's like, you can have this one. Yeah, I think, I think Nick is one of those characters that, you know, um, he he has that personality where he wants to distract himself. Like most addicts when they, when they become, and I don't know this, but I I just know this from movies and TV and 
you know, my Nana quitting um, smoking by taking up uh, chewing gum. It's kind of one of those things where addicts like to get over something. They just invest themselves 150% into something different, which is Nick owning this home and, you know, bonding with Otto. And I, I think he realized he couldn't change Luciana's mind. And, and Luciana abandoned Nick, you know, and in, in Nick's mind, like he had a father that abandoned him too. So it's... I think he's just he he accepts the fact that this person is gone and that's the way they wanted it. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> I don't know. The whole uh, I, I don't disagree with Lou. It just seems like you oh, no, Lou's Nick, right. Nick of Nick of last season would be way out already looking for, you know what I mean? He would have yeah, lost his uh, shit. He would have had blood all over his face and he would have gone out into the wild. Like that This Nick seems to be having his head screwed on right. But see, this is the beauty of this show now, is that two years ago, when we talked about season one, and we were just middling, and then season two, and we thought, oh my god, this is terrible, can you actually believe that we're spending time discussing these episodes? Yes. That is mind-boggling <laughs> to me, because we yeah, was, I never would have thought we would do this. We, this was painful for us. Yeah, we were like, we're. I, I think pretty much season three, we were saying like... If this if is bad, get better, we weren't going to do the thing at all. Exactly. Well, we would we wouldn't quit the show, but we would. Yeah, you're right. We wouldn't have watched it for the show. Uh, we, I was going to quit the show. Oh, Bob was going to quit the show, but <laughs> I don't. Uh, no, it, you're right though. I mean, uh, it, it's interesting that um, we are now in a in a spot where we're like, oh man, we gotta <laughs> like, what's going on next? What's going to happen? You know, like into these characters and. Mm-hmm defending some stuff and i don't know it is it is weird for me for us to be in this position right now whereas last year i was like no i'm done i'm, I'm good yeah but yeah, yeah. And, and at the end of the we're now talking about um the burning and water drowning and flame episode episode five and in the previous episode madison volunteers to go with troy's militia to see what happened to the to the crew that were sent out to find the downed helicopter, and um, in this episode, it's more Madison, you know, quote unquote bonding with Troy, like trying to give Troy like this motherly figure, and it 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 is kind of weird, but the show leans into that weirdness by having Troy kind of like call Madison on it, like, "What are you doing?" What, stop whatever you're doing because this is weird like he's almost he's almost reacting the way that we're reacting um yeah which is which is refreshing for this show because usually this show would just be like troy's totally into it because he's crazy and he didn't have a mom um it's nice that he's kind of leaning back and be like what the hell yeah yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun i mean this episode uh this is a good episode but uh the episode six red dirt that's where things get pretty insane okay (laughs) if we're gonna jump to the next episode we have to talk about the creepiest thing that has ever happened in any episode of the walking dead and i mean i might and this is just in recent memory but it comes to mind where they the militia finally find not only the down helicopter is missing it's gone they don't find a piece of it and they come across the old search party which is an old man sitting on a chair in the middle of nowhere and babbling. And it's kind of like, okay, this is really creepy. There's something wrong with him. And you walk up and then you notice that a crow is pecking at this old man's brain. And you're like, okay. Because he's been scalped. Exactly. And you're like, what the hell is happening? And to me, like, I don't know enough about um, 
old school cowboys and Indians type stuff, but obviously scalping was a thing that you know the uh, you know the the Indians, the Native Americans would do, um, and it just so happens that this person's been scalped. And I know for a lot of folks who are familiar with that type of lore um, and history, uh, are kind of like, what are they setting up? And they set up this bad guy that is very. And we talked about this. I think it was off air or on air, but they set it up was this. Off air. Yeah, they set up this bad guy and were bad guys. Um, maybe not bad guys, but we, they're they're the the conflict. And this conflict is something that we were worried they were going to do the Mexico versus America border political right. stuff. Yeah. But they end up going with you know they the Native American. Way different. They, yeah, they go in a way different direction. Yeah, which is refreshing because I feel like that conflict really isn't you know talked about in tv and media and pop culture uh, except for the one instance that that lou had remembered which was uh, longmire which is another reason why i appreciate that show because it kind of looks at that relationship which i don't really know a lot about but the fact that they set up this conflict in a way that shines light on both sides both of the shitty people on both sides of the argument um yeah. is really refreshing and now i have a friend who i had told this and he's re- he grew up in an area where uh you know w- with a very strong um indigenous people uh uh population i told him about this and i said you have to skip to season three um even just skip to season three episode five of mm-hmm. fear the walking dead and watch it and i want to know your opinion on it because he always tells me about how shitty this is portrayed or not portrayed at all so i'm looking forward to getting that opinion on it but Man, I was just so impressed with the way they did that. It was not what I expected. I expected them to find either people from Mexico or yep. another prepper group or something like that. And when you see the guy scalped, I as soon as I saw him babbling and I saw his head missing, I went, are they going to do the Indian thing? <laughs> and then it was like, oh, they are. Okay. I, I am in for whatever wild, crazy ride we're about to have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they lean in on, on this stuff, and it's not even in the next episode, but future episodes, where they they really they lean into it. Like, they lean into it in Red Dirt, which is the last episode we're going to talk but talk about, but um, in episodes after that, they just, they go hardcore, again, on both sides, and set up this really shitty conflict between two groups of, that are led by really shitty people. Some are more shitty than others, but... Um, they draw an interesting an interesting line that now Madison and her survivors have to pick a winner, and it's not it's not uh, one or zero. It's not uh, black or white. You know, there's a lot of gray in there. There's a lot of gray, but what I like is that we never doubt that Madison, Nick, and Alicia are heroes. That's true. Yeah. Sometimes in Walking Dead, sometimes we don't know if. Daryl's going to side with the bad guys or if uh, Maggie's going to change sides. Sometimes we don't know. We think, but we don't know. And no matter what they've done so far this season, Nick, Madison, and Alicia are all on the same side. Even when they're betting different horses, they all back each other. Yeah. And then there's even a moment between, you know, Nick and Madison where Madison does something, um, kind of kind of crappy without talking to her son and her son's like look i was gonna back you no matter what and i hope you know you knew that 
but I, I you know heads up would have been nice and i can't really remember yeah. the exact moment or it's, whether it, i think it's in the next episode i don't think it's in this episode yeah. okay. it was just a good moment where but it's a, it's a fantastic moment where you literally are like you're like okay they've come together they've realized that they have to work together to stay alive and that they, if that means they have to stick with some crappy people that means they have to stick with some crappy people that means if they have to lie to stay alive they have to lie to stay alive but as long as they stay together they work you know, hmm. and that's not we Walking Dead did that, but they took like four seasons to get there. Mm-hmm. Whereas this show, it's like it took two and uh, it took two. But like they, this, they haven't spent all of season three struggling to get to that point. It's literally like, no, no, in it, in the course of an episode, our three heroes have decided, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget all that crap before we're in this together well the thing is with uh with with the walking dead prime it was a long road to good television season one was okay season two was kind of bad season three was not as not as great and then season four is kind of where it started to take off with you know the half seasons you know with the finishing up the governor and leading into the hunters and that's when it got great and you're right with this they've they they did episode they did season one set up the characters sure let's look at the apocalypse fine the army's crazy check that box uh and then season two is just like drug cartel mexico it's the the mexican area exploring that was was interesting but season three is kind of like okay we're gonna do our own thing we're not gonna worry about trying to match the walking dead we're gonna and the fact that it take it takes what seven years for the Walking Dead of any caliber to touch preppers, it's kind of yeah. weird that it's taken this long. Yeah. Um, it, it could be to the fact that maybe the Walking Dead is too far gone and, you know, realistically, maybe Robert Kirkman doesn't believe that preppers could last that long. Like, preppers are just kind of wackos. Yeah, but... maybe he's... <laughs> well, no, I did, um, this show, the one thing it has done now is it's 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 now given us something new to learn. Mm-hmm. And something new, like uh, I didn't like it before because season one is so paint by numbers. Like they don't do anything interesting in the first season, and then the first half of season two is still paint by numbers. It's write this zombie story yeah. by numbers, and then the second half of the second season it picked up. But the problem was, is every time it picked up, we got Nick. I mean, not Nick, uh, Chris. Yeah. And then Chris just kept dragging the show back down. And my only fear is, is I feel with Troy, as much as his character isn't as bad as it is in the first episode of this season, mm-hmm. I feel we're starting to get back into Chris territory. Well, yeah, uh, Madison is is dragging him by his earlobes, you know, towards shitty character 101 yeah. where, you know, indulging his crazy moments and not trying to, you know, focus him. Uh, I, I don't think it, I, I, there are some instances in every episode where you kind of see him slipping back into that behavior instead of improving it. Um, but it, it's just weird that Madison is Madison and her group are pitting their each of their guys against each other where Nick is trying to convince Otto that he needs to be, he needs to be a more strict father. And, you know, Alicia is trying to convince Jake that he needs to take ownership of this and, and, you know, uh, you know, you know, get the, get the group to do what they need. And the other thing, 
the other thing I really appreciate that this season has done mm-hmm. is they've added to the cast. So we've got Jake, Troy, Otto, some of the other people in the the prepper camp that have that have bit parts. But they haven't really expanded the cast. Whereas in Walking Dead, we've got Daryl, we've got Carol, we've now got the people at this camp, we've got the people at that camp. And those people have all become cast members. In this show, they literally, we have three heroes. When We've still got Salazar and we've still got uh, um, Strand. But they're in their own little thing. We still only have our three heroes. You know what I mean? So, whereas we have our three heroes, sure, they could probably kill off somebody. Like, Nick could die by the season, end of the season, maybe Madison or Alicia. But they're not going to kill all three of them. No. You know what I mean? But even then, it gives us lots of expand, uh, lots of fodder for the zombies around them. You know, right. like, we like Jake. Jake seems like a nice guy, but if he gets killed in the next episode I watch, I wouldn't be surprised. Or he, same with Troy. Yeah. You know, like by the end of this season, I don't see we think we see all of them as permanent cast members, maybe one. But I don't think they're going to do what The Walking Dead does. I think our three heroes with maybe Daniel and Salazar joining, I mean, Strand joining them, that's it. I think I don't, you know, maybe Ophelia. I don't know if we see everybody keep moving on. Yeah, I, I could see that. I mean, the thing is with with this show, they've proven that Madison. There's the there's the Trinity. Ma- Madison, <coughs> Nick, and Alicia are the key characters, and they each keep each other going as a family. And you're right, like they might pick away at that Trinity every once in a while, but I don't think they're going to add to it like they have in Walking Dead, where you constantly have this evolving group and, and you, you pick and choose who you kill off. Um, but I think that they've proven that they want to keep the, the three of them together, especially after like kind of slowly peeling away at that family unit. So it's just the three of them left. And I, I, at a certain point, you have these characters that are so battered, so used to this shitty shitty time they go back to back to back and they're fine and that's what we've seen is that they support each other they go back to back to back and they're good to go um but in this episode you you kind of see more of walker who is the bad guy he claims that the ranch is his he's taking back his land it's very much like a uh this is this is indian land and we're taking it back you stole it from us and now is the time for us to rise up and uh they allude to the fact that walker has tried you know legally to go through what he describes as the white man courts uh to try and get the land back and jake says i've beaten him in court before i'll beat him now basically the argument comes down to troy wants the 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 ranch to go after walker and and put him down and jake wants to uh strike some sort of treaty some sort of agreement and otto is basically telling them both to screw off like he's bluffing you know the fact that they all take a separate sort of approach to this issue is is actually kind of refreshing because you can what's nice about it is it's not binary yeah it's not go left go right there's three separate opinions of the situation (laughs) and what we get with walking dead more often than not is Kill people or don't kill people. Kill people or don't kill people. Mm-hmm. And in this scenario, we're getting 
we're getting three points of view, and one of the points of view is like just ignore it. And that's never something we get in Walking Dead. No, because everyone's hot to trot, right? They all got guns. We need to protect our land. They're good to go. And the th- the reason I think Otto, uh, you know, doesn't want to go after them is because he's he has experience with these folks, and he's he he's dealt with them in the past in a way that makes him feel confident. And he true and they you know Walker besides you know picking off you know a search party that goes out in a very brutal way, but still picks them off. Um, and uh, you kind of see his his tactics of you know scare tactics because the whole ranch is like ready to go and abandon it's much safer if we just leave this place uh and that's what they're trying to do is get people to leave one by one and you you do have the trimbles leave which is a, a family that has been on the ranch since its you know inception and they go leaving kind of which starts like this this mass exodus and they turn up dead yeah. surprise surprise well you know in the and Ryan, I hate to tell you, but you're beginning to dip into episode seven. Oh no, I'm reading yeah. a, a synopsis for this episode. But totally the, right the near the is, end there. It, it is, but the, we start to learn, and we learn a little bit later, like Lou said in the last couple episodes. Um, some people, it's hard to tell what's good, what's bad, and I like I like Lou's point of the whole. How do we know the, these different perspectives and what's right and what's wrong? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like Madison's doing some stuff that she probably shouldn't be doing, and um, Alicia's you know she's all of a sudden she's got a new boy, and then Nick's being Nick as normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I like the idea right now that, and it's tough because I want to talk about seven and eight, but we'll wait till next week. Yeah. Um, to see how it all culminates, but the ending of episode six uh, was good. It was a good setup into what's going on with um, the finale here. And uh, the finale, was it both nights? Was it what both one? It was two a two hour. It was a two hour. Um, it was two finale. hour. They ran the two episodes back to back. And they, and okay. they do That's run back to back. Like they literally have the credits run underneath as the episode, the next episode queues up. So um, very well put together. And we were, I was kind of joking, like, it's weird that they have these two-hour episodes that they put together. Yeah. And unlike The Walking Dead Prime, where they seem to sometimes create these 90-minute episodes, Fear the Walking Dead seems content with not creating these longer episodes for the sake of saying, it's a 90-minute episode. They just kind of take two episodes, put them together, and ha- and tell one cohesive story beginning to end in a way that makes sense to have a two-hour premiere. And I yeah, really I actually, like that. I- I like the idea of the different episodes. Um, I thought that was great. Well, the, um, I'm the, not a huge fan of the 90-minute episodes. That's my problem. Exactly. We usually, when we watch a 90-minute 90 episode, it feels like there's 30 minutes of fluff. You know? It's, well, uh, speak it, speaking of 90-minute episodes, guys. Oh, we're not we, even close. Come on. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm, what, the thing with the, two, the, the break in between is it allows you to tell two different stories, right? Mm-hmm. So you can have two completely separate episodes. The 90-minute thing always seems like it just drags on. And um, even with The Walking Dead Prime, it just so much drag on. You know what I mean? Like just it, it just goes and goes and goes. And sometimes you're like, this is just a little too long. Too much too much insane content for me to watch, really. But I don't know. I, I was a, I'm a fan of the breaking it up into two one-hour pieces and uh, – being able to get two different kind of stories out of the whole deal. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of this season so far. I'd say it's it tops a lot of a lot of the Walking Dead seasons we've seen. Maybe not most recently, but I just feel like it's a more interesting story, which is what I was hoping for with um, these this spinoff series. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I will say that I feel like they got their groove quicker than the Walking Dead did. I will say that maybe they learned from The Walking Dead, but uh, three seasons in, and it seems like they got their characters going where they want them to go, and the story going where they want that to go. So yeah. I don't know. And then next week we're going to be talking about the the two part finale, which should be fun because I think Lou's right. Some of this conversation is like bleeding over and crossing the line for you know um, what, what happened the next week, but it's funny because it all kind of culminates into one couple of specific scenes. But. Yeah, and the crazy part is, Fear the Walking Dead is now on hiatus. It returns. When do you guys think it returns? Dude, best guess. Uh, September. Oh man, Lou. <laughs> yeah, September tenth. Seems like <laughs> a long time, doesn't it? Like they're they're gonna run this right up and right up into the Walking Dead, like they did uh, last this, year. This this rumor, it's going to cross over with Walking Dead. Oh no. Where they, might, where they might do the fear of the Walking Dead, and then Walking Dead comes right after. That or they'll do a couple of double episodes again, right? Yeah. But I need more time. Oh, you got till September. <laughs> no, I, I can't do too much zombie at once. I, I like the split, you know? Uh, yeah. Right. They might do this. I, I could see them doing the split, because I, I feel like they don't want to overlap the Walking Dead in any capacity. Because it's so big, but I could be wrong, honestly. Because a lot, like the article I'm looking at is speculating that they'll, they don't even, they don't even cross the whole like crossover thing. They just, they just say, yeah, they're gonna have to double up a few episodes to make that work, because that would at least doubling up, doing the yeah. premiere doubled up and the and the series finale doubling up to make it for October fifteenth, which is when The Walking Dead returns. So. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, yeah, I, I guess we'll probably get out of here and uh, get ready for next week and talk about this finale and then maybe figure out a little bit more about The Walking Dead, as Brian calls it, Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be fun to talk to you guys about you know where we think season three, the second half, is heading, right? Yeah. Um, and you know where we're going from there. So, Ryan, why don't you get us into the wrap-up of this fine, delicate show? Sure. Well, we have an email from Tao, but let's save that for next week because we've kind of gone a little long. But uh, if you want to send us an email, you can go to our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com, where you'll find all the handy links that you can click on, including our Patreon at patreon.com slash zombiesatemypodcast. Support the show. Every dollar goes back into our episodes, making them even better, stronger, faster. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook. If you want to follow individual hosts, you can see myself at R Murphy, Lou at Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob at Bobbert F. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork, which you can find at joelduggan.com. A dot com. Thank you, Ryan Murphy, Lou Page. Any last words before we get out of here? Preppers be crazy, yo. Yeah, preppers, preppers be crazy. They are. <laughs> Perfect.
They'd be crazy, yo. I didn't, you know, the thing is, it's not even the preppers that make them, it's not even the prepping that makes them crazy. 